we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. This is Rick Green filling in for Walker Wildman. Great to be back with you this afternoon. It's a Friday afternoon, so I'm going to try to catch up on a lot of things that happened this week in the news, but also talk about some of the things that are coming up in the near future and uh, hopefully hear from you as well. Be sure and uh, connect with us and be a part of the program. You might have a question, comment, whatever, even an insult. I'll take insults even. So call in at 888-589-8840. Questions, comments, and insults, bring them on. We're going to take on all the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective, just like we do with our Wobblers Live program. I believe firmly, and I think I can prove that to you, that all of the answers for every problem we face, whether it's personal, in our family, in our community, in our church, or as a nation, all the answers are in God's Word. And that's why we need a biblical perspective on, yes, even politics. So if you're looking around and going, man, culture's in trouble. The nation's in trouble. We're falling apart. And yes, the American culture is crumbling right before our eyes. If, you're, if you've noticed that, then you're probably saying, okay, how do we turn it around? What are the solutions? What do we do with this? How do we respond to that? All those answers are in the Bible. And then history gives us a great perspective because we can look back and say, okay, other people, you know, Solomon was right, nothing new under the sun. So other people have faced similar situations to what we're facing. It may not be the exact same, and 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 the tools may change, but the principles are the, are the same. And we can look back at those stories in history and go, okay, what worked? What didn't work? What were the good inputs that produced good outputs? What were the bad inputs that produced bad outputs? I was actually just uh, recording a program with uh, Moms for America, great organization. They, they they teach good biblical stuff. They teach patriotism. They teach kid, you know, uh, moms how to uh, raise kids in patriotism. And I just I love what they're doing. And and I and I had a fun time with them on their podcast. I think it's going to air in a week or so. And and that was part of what we talked about was you know a lot of parents right now. And this may be you. Maybe you're experiencing this pain in your family, but a lot of parents right now are at odds with their kids. Their kids have come back from college. They've been indoctrinated with left wing philosophy. They bought the lies and, and and they're headed down that socialist path and and actually coming home and blaming mom and dad for racism and blaming mom and dad for all these things that the universities through their indoctrination and their lies have convinced the kids of. And, and you're going, man, this is my little Johnny. This is my little Susie. This is the kid I love that I that I poured so much into for so many years, taught them the Bible, taught them you know, American history taught them all these things, and now they're coming back, and they they they've become essentially left wingers, and they're and they're and they're literally espousing the same poison that I've been hearing about uh, is being taught in the schools. And if that's you, uh, you're experiencing pain. I get it. I understand. I talk to friends all the time that that conflict is happening right now in their life, and that is no fun, folks. I mean, it's you know, the Bible tells us there's no greater joy than to see your kid living out. Uh, godly principles, and there's no greater joy than than being able to to see your kid literally carrying that that torch of biblical liberty and 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 the gospel. And and boy, if that's the greatest joy, I think the greatest pain is when you see them going a different route, a different path. And so, whether your kid might be veering off spiritually, or 
or just in terms of principles or for whatever reason there's that conflict. I just want to say to you the same thing I said on that program is don't give up. Understand that God's word does not come back void and the seeds that you planted in that child when they were at home, I don't believe they're going to come back void. And and I believe you have to look for ways to, to love them, to teach them, to ask questions, to keep the conversation going, to not end up in such a conflict that you can't even talk. And just know that there's a season there where it's going to take some time to get that poison out of their system. Ideally, of course, they never get the poison, right? Ideally, Either they're inoculated to it because they're taught so well and they're so prepared when they go into an arena like that that they're able to repel, they're able to be a light, they're able to be a voice. But don't kid yourself and throw your kids to the wolves by thinking, oh, I'm just going to let my kid be a, a, a witness, so I'm going to send my seven-year-old into a into a radical indoctrination camp called, called a public government school lately where they're going to teach CRT, teach them to hate themselves and hate their neighbors and their friends and hate their country. Uh, where, where teachers are grooming these kids in this radical sexual perversion. Uh, don't throw your kids to the wolves like that. Uh, but so, so ideally, they never get the poison or, or they're inoculated and they're old enough and they understand how to fight against it. But if you're in that situation where they have been exposed to this stuff and they've bought that lie and you're now in this conflict with them, then my heart goes out to you. But I want to encourage you to not give up, to pray without ceasing, Go before the Lord for them. Pray that their eyes will be open, that the scales will be removed, that there will be wisdom and discernment, and that God will bring people into their life that will plant the right seeds, that will be good influences. Sometimes they reach that point where they just tune us out, right, as parents, uh, especially if they've really bought the poison. And uh, and so you got to pray for other people to be brought into their life that will open those conversations sometimes, but then also look for the opportunities to just politely, lovingly, um, sometimes in a fun way, in joyful way, create the conversations where you can ask questions. That's the key. You ask them questions about how they came to this conclusion. How did you come to believe that? How did you come to learn that? Or what what did you learn that caused you uh, to change that position? And 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 come at it genuinely curious. That's what I do because look, I'm not right about everything. I, well, almost everything. No, no, no. I look, I'm wrong sometimes. And 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 the only way I can correct my own position and, and thought or whatever is is to have some good intellectual discussion with people. And so I ask, how did you learn that? How did you come to that conclusion? And they may give me new information that causes me to uh, modify a position. It happened once, I think in 1980. No, no. Okay. Seriously. It does happen once in a while. And I, I think those discussions are good. I, I often quote Patrick Henry on this, the, according to the magnitude of the subject, ought to be the freedom of the debate. That's how he started the big give me, liberty, give me liberty or give me death speech on March 23rd, 1775. And, and I think that's important for us to approach these things. If, if there's a big subject, which in this case, we're talking about your kid's heart and soul, then there ought to be a, a lot of freedom to the debate. And sometimes that may be us having to be really free in the debate in terms of broad in the debate, in terms of allowing them to express and, and in terms of us studying and questioning and trying to draw out of them how they got to that point. And you'll be amazed and when you ask those questions and they have to walk back through that process of how they got there, uh, that's where all those seeds planted early on will not come back void because their thinking skills will kick in and they'll begin to realize that that particular argument or position uh, that is, you know, this left wing stuff. And I've, I'm not even giving you good examples today, but I mean, whether it's this radical environmental agenda or America's evil agenda, or we should we should judge everybody by the color of their skin instead of by the content of their character. I mean, all these things that are now popular in the American culture 
whichever one of those things it might be, the more you ask the questions of how they got there and what's the evidence, um, the, the, the more that uh, y- you will give them the opportunity to, to find truth as well. So anyway, I, I enjoyed that conversation with Moms for America. I just wanted to comment on that with you because there may be some listeners out there right now that that's what your struggle is and that's what your challenge is right now. So I, 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 um, I pray for you and, uh, and I encourage you to, uh, to, to not give up, not give up. Okay. It may be 10 years. It may be 10 months. Who knows? Uh, but don't give up on them. I believe God will bring them back. Um, okay, a couple of quick things that uh, that happened over the last week or so that uh, I don't think I had a chance to talk about last uh, last Friday when I was last with you. Uh, one of those is this push by the Biden administration for this this wealth tax. Now, apparently, uh, Joe Manchin has already said no to it, which means they will not get to the 50 votes in the Senate. But they continue to push for this kind of thing. And so I just thought it'd be in, in, you know helpful for all of us. It was actually for me. I did a little bit of homework on this one because I really wanted to understand Okay, how far can the federal government go with this, 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 these forms of income tax that become what the founders called a direct tax? And so, just to back up, the founding fathers of America designed our Constitution such that you could not have a a direct tax that was not apportioned evenly. And what that means is that each state had to pay its overall fair share based on population. So, if you had Uh, some sort of tax that you were going to do. If you were going to do an income tax, for instance, at that time before the 16th Amendment, if you were going to do an income tax, you had to make sure that each state was paying the percentage of that overall revenue based on its population. So if you had a little bitty state like Rhode Island, uh, their overall tax burden should be small compared to a large state like Pennsylvania or Virginia. And, and so that's how the founders designed the system, and that's why you could not do what we do now in terms of our progressive income tax, where we tax people you know, very different depending on how much money they make, depending on what their career is. I mean, it's such a complicated, ridiculous system. Nobody actually knows how the whole thing works, and it's one of the reasons that we're all walking around probably breaking 10 different federal laws because there's so many of them. We don't even know what they are, uh, and most of it in, in the area of taxation. But the founders didn't like that kind of confusion and they didn't like that kind of complication. And so when the 16th Amendment passed in 1913, which I consider to be the worst of the 27 amendments, there's only a couple of them that are bad. And this is the worst one. um, It basically exempted income tax from the requirement in Article One, Section Nine, Clause Four of the Constitution that um, any any direct tax would have to be apportioned evenly among the states. And so now the 16th Amendment essentially says, accept the income tax, that it does not have to be apportioned evenly. Um, so what, what Joe Biden is trying to do, the president is trying to do, is he's trying to create this wealth tax on billionaires. He's basically saying something that most all of us would agree with in terms of a principle that everybody should pay their fair share and that billionaires that have you know, all of these accountants and lawyers and shell games that don't pay hardly any tax, sometimes no tax, uh, that that's not right. Well, I absolutely agree with that principle, that they should not be not paying taxes and that they should pay their fair share. His solution, however, does not work. So we can, again, look at history, like we said earlier, look at history, see what works, what doesn't work. All of the countries that have tried this, France and several other European countries have tried this. It fails miserably. It does not work. Either those entities or individuals just move out of the country and put their money somewhere else, or again, they pay more accountants and more people to get around uh, the tax. So it's failed everywhere, so he hasn't learned from history and he wants to do it anyway. But then constitutionally, it is also absolutely unconstitutional. It is a direct tax because it's based on how much money and holdings you actually have, 
not whether or not you brought in income on those things or how much income you brought in. So it's not part of the exemption in the 16th Amendment. And therefore, I think it will be ruled unconstitutional if it were to pass. But it's it's been in the news. Everybody's been talking about it. He wants to tax billionaires. They know that it's either not going to pass because of Joe Manchin or it'll be shot down by the courts because it's unconstitutional. But that doesn't matter because it's a great campaign tool. So Joe Biden can run around and rant on the on the you know billionaires, talk about how evil they are for not paying taxes. And instead of proposing a real solution, which would be either a flat income tax or go straight sales tax. And the reason those are real solutions, I mean, think about it. If all of us paid 15% of our income, flat, simple, no complications, no deductions, no, no, um, you know, oh, you make uh, X amount. So, so you have to pay 50%. And then this person over here makes Y amount. So he only pays uh, 5%. None of this unfairness. Instead, it's just straight up fair. Everybody pays the same percentage. So if you make a hundred thousand a year, you pay 15,000. If you make a million a year, you pay 150000 So you pay a whole lot more if you make a whole lot more, but it's the same percentage of your income. That's what would be a fair tax. Now, a more moral tax would be if you only paid the tax when you spent the money. So it would be a sales tax, a user tax. So when you make money, you save that money, you shouldn't be punished. You make money, you put it into your home or you put it into property, you buy something, then you pay sales tax when you buy the lumber or whatever it might be. That would be the best, but a fair flat tax would be second best, but not that's not what Joe Biden's pushing. What Joe Biden's basically saying is, if you have a lot of money sitting around or you have a lot of property or a lot of things, we're just going to tax you based on what you have. We're just going to add an additional tax to you. Uh, completely unconstitutional for the federal government to do that, but boy, it's going to be good on the campaign trail because he can talk about those evil billionaires and how they need to pay their fair tax without actually giving a solution. So I just thought that might be instructional for you. If you've been hearing about this wealth tax, just know it's unconstitutional, but it's going to look good on the campaign trail. And that's why they will push it. Now we're going to take a break here in just a second. When we, when we come back from the break, I'd like to talk real quick about title 42 and the border, because the Biden administration announced today that they're getting rid of title 42, which has allowed us to at least turn away a big chunk of those who have been coming across. Now that we still had 2 million last year, illegally, come across our border. But Title 42 allowed us to turn away a lot of them. That will double when he gets rid of Title 42. These people hate you. They're trying to destroy the country. At least that's what their actions tend to uh, uh, certainly look like they're, they're trying to do. Anyway, we'll talk a little bit about Title 42, and we will take your phone calls. So get ready. Go ahead and call in 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. I'm Rick Green. You're listening to AFA at the Core. Rejoice with those who rejoice. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Michael, a five-year-old boy, showed up at the courthouse in Grand Rapids, Michigan, for an adoption hearing with his foster parents, and he had a crowd of unusual supporters. Michael's entire kindergarten class sat in the audience behind him, waving big red hearts mounted on wooden sticks to show their support. The kindergartners offered the most touching answers, standing up and telling the court, I love Michael, or Michael's my best friend. Michael's new father and mother had been married nearly 10 years, and he'd been living with them as a foster child for more than a year. Adoption truly is at the heart of the gospel. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner, 
or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising God the Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Tis better to give than to receive is an age-old cliche, but it holds some truth. Generosity really does feel good. Jesus is the greatest gift we have to share with others. He generously gave of his life to bring life to others. You and your girl have the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus through your generosity to others. Generosity is what flows from his love and grace out of the abundance of our hearts. The Bible says, Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. As many of you know, Hurricane Ida devastated Louisiana in August, making landfall as a Category 4 hurricane, leaving thousands of families in need of hope. Do you know it's been three years since 8 Days of Hope deployed on a rebuilding trip where we help hundreds of families rebuild their homes for free? But today I've got some exciting news. We're announcing that 8 Days of Hope 17 is going to take place in Laplace, Louisiana from April 9th through the 16th, bringing hope to those who are feeling hopeless. We're going to be doing roofing and drywall painting and so much more. If you'd love to use your gifts to serve those in need, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. As always, it's free to volunteer with us. Food and lodging are provided. And again, if you're looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus, join us in April when we go to Laplace, Louisiana during 8 Days of Hope 17. Again, for more information about this outreach or any arm of the ministry, go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. We're back here on AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green filling in for Walker Wildman. You can learn more at PatriotAcademy.com, PatriotAcademy.com. And by the way, summer's coming up. American Family Association, a great partner of ours on our summer programs all across the country and state capitals across the nation. If you got a 16 to 25-year-old that would like to come live the life of a legislator for a week and, and learn some good biblical principles, constitutional principles, all that good stuff. We have a great time. It's good leadership skills. They don't have to d- desire to you know be in politics necessarily. If they do want to be in, this is the perfect place for them to get started. But it's really about becoming a good citizen. So even if they want to go into the arts or into the pulpit or into business or whatever it might be, I still encourage them to come to one of our leadership congresses, and they can learn more about that at patriotacademy.com. So real quick, uh, uh, back to Title 42, and then I'll, I'll move on. But this Title 42 thing is was used by the Trump administration to be able to have a quick ability to turn people away from, from the border until they could get the wall built. And, uh, you know, it happened when COVID hit and, you know, figured shutting everything else down. Why should we let people just come across the border? That either, you know, if you think the vaccine is going to save, you haven't been vaccinated or they haven't uh, been tested or whatever it might be. And uh, we know from the data and the numbers, you know, that a big chunk of those that came across the border had COVID. Uh, But once the Biden administration got in charge in January of 21, while they didn't repeal Title 42 immediately, um, they still were letting people in. And it's just been ridiculous. And as I mentioned, two million people came across in 2021, 600,000 of which are what we call gotaways. We don't know who they are or where they are. That's a really dangerous thing. 
right there. But at any rate, this Title 42, the Biden administration announced today they're going to end it. There's been all kinds of warnings about that. The Border Patrol and everybody else has said, if you do this, it's going to double already these outlandish numbers of people. And we're talking 150,000 a month um, that are still coming across. This is a really, really bad thing for our country. This is incredibly dangerous for our country. Uh, it's economically disastrous for our country. There's just there's no good in here. It's all bad. And we nearly had a handle on this with the Trump policies of, of stay in Mexico policy and the wall and all the things that he was doing. And Biden did the exact opposite. And that's why there is a, a complete mess at the border. When I say mess, it's an evil humanitarian crisis mess. We're talking about horrific things are happening to children, to women. It's awful, awful, awful. And the Biden administration just continues to 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 let this happen. And this getting rid of Title 42 is just going to make it a whole lot worse. And here's the irony of the whole thing. What's so incredibly silly, because um, I, I mean, not that I mean, we know they're hypocrites. We know that politicians say one thing and do another so all, often all the time. We've seen so much of that through COVID where they say you've got to wear the mask, but they don't have to. You can't go eat at a restaurant, but they can. You can't leave your house, but they can. All the crazy things that they did all throughout uh, the COVID crackdowns and the tyranny that took place. But now you've got finally the CEOs of all the airlines asking for the mask mandate to go away on airlines, which I've complained about a lot. You've heard me uh, if you've listened to me on the program at all. I mean, no science behind it. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's unscientific. All it does is create tension and problems. And it's, I could go on and on and on. But it, their arguments for keeping the mask mandate, which the Biden administration continues to do. Well, then why in the world would you get rid of Title 40, 42 and say COVID's not a problem anymore at the border? I mean, if it's not a problem at the border, it is not a problem on my airplane. And and I just cannot believe that they think they can be this hypocritical and it not cost them. This is why the 2022 elections, according to the experts that are doing the poll, polling and looking at the data, it's going to be a wipeout. The Democrats are going to be wiped out all over the country. And it's because of this kind of thing where, where their policies make absolutely no sense. Uh, Joe Biden is bringing the Democrat Party down uh, big time. And I think that may be that may be why the media is finally covering the Hunter Biden laptop that has been ignored, shut down, suppressed. If that had that if that story had gotten out in 2020, as it should have been reported, then uh, based on the exit polling and, and the polling that took place afterwards, it would have completely changed the outcome of, of the election. But that's why the media suppressed it. So Hunter Biden, if you don't know the story, just quick summary, he was all over the world cashing in on his dad's name and, and apparently, according to the emails, giving 10 percent to the big guy. And speculation is that that was Joe Biden. So not only was Hunter Biden getting millions and millions, this is not a little bit of money. It's millions and millions of dollars from China, from Russia from Ukraine, I mean, all over the place, not only was he getting this money based on the relationship that, you know, it, it, when he got a lot of these relationships started, his dad was vice president. It just goes on and on and on. And uh, apparently we'll see once the investigation finally is allowed to take place, we'll find out if Joe Biden actually got anything out of that. And even if he didn't, he deserves to pay a political price for this, because if you're letting your son run around and do these things and get paid by people that are essentially our enemies, uh, based on your name and based on your power and your position, which Hunter Biden bragged about with regard to the Ukraine. If you remember, I'm, I'm sorry, Joe Biden bragged about getting a prosecutor fired over there by withholding a, like a billion dollars in U.S. aid until they fired this prosecutor because it was causing problems for one of Hunter's, Hunter's companies. So this uh, this stuff is all coming out now. The, the laptop backs it up. The media suppressed that. They said it was Russian 
uh, Russian, uh, uh, you know, a, a campaign, a disinformation campaign that the Russians were trying to do it uh, to hurt Joe Biden. It was all these lies in 2020. And now the truth is coming out. And now the media is actually reporting on Hunter Biden's laptop and saying, oh, this stuff may actually be true. Why? I think it's because they finally realized they got to get Joe Biden off the stage, that he is destroying not just the country. He is destroying the Democrat Party. And so even though, you know, we all know the vice president is a laughable joke and that she can't put three sentences together without it turning into a meme because it's so ridiculous. Um, I think they're going to have to make a decision and and that right now he is costing them, um, you know, the support of the American people. So that may be why the Hunter Biden stuff is finally coming out and Joe Biden may be uh, may be in trouble on this one. OK, uh, phone calls, 888-589-8840 is the phone number, 888-589-8840. Before the day's over, we've got to get to to Disney. Uh, thank you, Ron DeSantis, for standing up to Disney and these perverts that uh, want to groom your children and and are now admitting at the highest level, the president of uh, the entertainment president at Disney is admitting they want more and more of the homosexual agenda pushed through their programming. They want the transgender agenda pushed through their programming, which means they want your, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight year old to be groomed by these programs just like these teachers are wanting to groom kids. And everybody's objecting to Ron DeSantis standing up and saying, no, we're done with this. Do you realize this bill in Florida is only K through third grade? So the people at Disney and, and, and all in Hollywood and all the people that are objecting to the Florida bill, what they're objecting to is a five, six, seven, eight year old having conversations with a teacher about sex. They're objecting to a teacher being allowed to talk about their sexual relationships to a five, six, seven, and eight year old. Folks, not too long ago. If you were a teacher and you talked about that to a five, six, you went to jail. That is child abuse. That is absolutely grooming. It is awful, evil stuff. And Governor DeSantis stood up to it. The legislature there in Florida stood up, stood up to it. Frankly, should have gone even further and, and made it, you know, K through 12. Teachers shouldn't be able to talk about that stuff to these kids. Um, and at any rate, um, Disney's up in arms over it. And, um, and now it's come out, you know, just how radical they are and how their people want to put all this stuff into, into that. Pro so, Folks, if you spend a penny with Disney, you are supporting this nonsense. We have put up with this for too long. We, we put up with it when they started slipping in the radical environmental agenda decades ago, which is, you know, Romans 1. They, they, they're worshiping the creation instead of the creator. They, they started slipping all that stuff in and programming our kids with just a little bit in each program. I mean, a little bit in each. Oh, but it's, you know, it's Bambi. Oh, it's, you know, it's Cinderella. Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's all this stuff that we love and that we grew up on. And so we just kept feeding that to our kids. And I say that as a, as a culture. I don't say that as an individual. I say that as a culture. We kept feeding that stuff to our kids. And then the more, I mean, the more they watch, the more they get uh, uh, this this programming. So it started as the environmental agenda. Then it became the anti-faith agenda. So they started undermining the, especially the Christian faith, but undermining faith itself. And then it became the anti-American agenda. So then it became all about all the evil and how America's done all these bad things. Folks, enough, enough. Now it's the sexual agenda. They are going to program children with their with with your dollars if you spend money with Disney. So I just I say we're done with Disney. Don't do Disney Plus. Don't go visit a Disney park. Don't watch a movie made by Disney. They ruined Star Wars anyway. I mean, let's be honest. That's enough to boycott them. They ruined Star Wars. All right. Anyway, 
Enough about Disney. Unless you want to talk about it, let's go to the phones. Call in uh, 888-589-8840. You might have a question. You might have a comment, and I'll even take insults. First caller today is going to be Norman in Texas. Norman, if you can hear me, tell me what part of Texas you're from. I'm in Fairfield, Texas. Fairfield. Where is Fairfield? What is that right by? It's, uh, well, it's, uh, as I see, Dallas is about two hours away. Ah. Um, Austin's about three hours from here. Houston's about three hours. Uh, oh, so you're east of, right? uh, east, east of 35 Fairfield. Okay. We're, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm about 35 miles from, uh, Palestine. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, what's your comment, question, or insult today, Norman? Well, you know, it just seems like, you know, uh, uh I agree with you about that, that, uh, Disney World and all that there, you know, it's just a shame about that because they used to respect the, the people and the children, you know, but now they're not, they don't respect anything. That's right. But, uh, you know, uh, my comment is, uh, you know, that everything that the Biden administration has been doing uh, since they got into office is uh, uh, root us toward China, you know, uh, to, to let anything that they do is based on in, in, increasing China and decreasing this country. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And and the thing is, that's why they hated Trump so much. Let's be honest. Trump took on China. And so the machine out there just couldn't couldn't do that. Too many people were profiting uh, from that relationship with China. And whenever, you know, he came in from the beginning on the campaign trail in 2015 and 16, he made it clear uh, that he was going to, you know, stop the stop the uh, favors to China, stop the, you know, uh, allowing for them to manipulate the currency and all the things that they were doing. Uh, to hurt our industries. And, um, you know, boy, they hated him from the beginning for that. And Biden's been the exact opposite. Everything he's done has helped China and, uh, and, and not only China, but, but, um, you know, frankly, it's always America last when you think about it. Uh, you know, we're going broke here in our country, but yet we're sending money to everybody else and we're letting anybody come across the border. And, uh, you know, this, this president is, is an America last agenda instead of America first agenda. Yep. That's what well, man, I appreciate you. Border. That's, re- that's the reason they're letting everybody across the border now. Yeah. You know, they said that they said that we cannot beat them on the outside, but we can beat them from the inside. Uh, yeah, that, and that's what's happened. We'll be the first country if we don't change it, if we don't turn it around, which I believe we can. I don't know if we will. Chapter's not been written yet. It's up to us. But if if we don't change it and turn it around, uh, we will we will have allowed our country to be destroyed and taken from within. You're you're exactly right. The good news is we can turn it, but man. People, we got to wake up and we got to shift our focus and say, I'm going to spend more of my time, more of my money, more of my energy saving the country. I, I may not have ever done anything like that in the past, but not only am I going to vote, I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to donate to candidates. I'm going to donate to causes. I'm going to go stand at the polls and hold a sign for a good candidate. I'm going to host a constitution class in my living room, do biblical citizenship in modern America, I, whatever it is that God's calling you to do. It's time for all of us to do more to save this country. That's what it's going to take. This is kind of an all hands on deck situation where if we don't do it now, we're done. Ronald Reagan was absolutely right when he said that freedom is a fragile thing and we're never more than one generation from its extinction that we may, if we don't, if we don't get involved, if we don't do these things, he said in our sunset years, we'll be telling our children and our grandchildren what it was once like to live in America where men were free. Folks, we are that close. Can't see my fingers, but they're very close. Think think Maxwell Smart missed it by that much. We are that close to losing this thing. Uh, and I and the good news is people have realized that. They're awake. They're in the fight. They're getting involved. They're looking for what to do. We know what to do at Patriot Academy. Go to PatriotAcademy.com, learn more, get a class going in your home, start doing biblical citizenship. Let's go over to Florida. 
where the greatest governor in the country hails from. In fact, I, I like Ron DeSantis so much as governor of Florida, and he's doing such a great job. I don't know if I want him to run for president because I, I think he needs to lead the way showing what a governor can do to stand up to the federal government. But that's another topic for another time. John is calling from Florida. John, how you doing? Where are you calling from in Florida? Ocala, Florida. All right. Well, so, talk to uh, me. What's your you, question? Got, well, there's so many things going on, but I'd say the biggest ones would be voter fraud and um, the transgender thing. It's like um, – this one guy, uh, I think his name was uh, Matt Walsh or something. He wrote a book called Johnny the Walrus, and your favorite uh, retail store, Target, is uh, not going to let it be sold there because they think it's anti-LGBTQ. But he wrote this book called Johnny the Walrus about a little boy who thinks he's a walrus, that kind of deal, you know? Matt Walsh is a uh, patriot, man. He's a good friend of mine. He's uh, he's actually been uh, a speaker at Patriot Academy multiple times, and been out to train with us in our constitutional defense course where we do handgun training during the day and constitution by night. Every every citizen should know how to defend themselves. Founding Father said, if you get robbed in your own home, it's your own fault and negligence. So we got a duty and responsibility to do that. And Matt Walsh knows that. But you're right, man. Matt, uh, he's hilarious, too, the way that he does this and disarms people. And uh, so I, I recommend folks to study and, and read and listen to, to, to Matt. But, yeah, you're you know, John, uh, this whole transgender thing, it's amazing to me how fast this thing has been accepted by Americans. I mean, it, 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 just a few years ago, we knew that was a mental disease. We dealt with it as a mental disease. The, the, the major medical associations still dealt with it like that. And now we've normalized this and we put it as no, norm, normalized it for children. And now they're grooming kids and convincing them that they are transgenders when they're not. Uh, and then we're allowing uh, literally the, the, the um, you know, chemical changing of a child's body um, and and starting this stuff when they're kids and then uh, they regret it later in life. This is crazy stuff, folks. It's evil. It is wrong. It's got to stop. And we used to stand up to this stuff. Now everybody's afraid to say no. They're afraid to stand up and say, not on my watch. We've got to be willing to do that. This is a hill on which to die, folks. When they try to take your six-year-old and groom them with all these sexual things and turn them into, um, you know, make them think that, that they need to change their gender. This is a hill on which to die. If you haven't been involved before, now is the time. You cannot stand by and let this happen. And it's not enough to just save your own family. You got to think about what's happening at your school district, in your neighborhood, right next door to you, because all those kids going to that school are getting this nonsense. So we need leaders like Ron DeSantis willing to say no. But even more important than that, we need leaders like you in your own home and in your own community and your own church to say no. Stand up, folks. It's time to stand up and say no. Let's start bringing that biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective to the forefront. We've got more for you today, so stay with us through the break and call in at 888-589-8840. I'm Rick Green filling in for Walker Wildman. You're listening to AFA at the Core. When you hear this... This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, 
then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at AFA.net. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. I know we're all praying for Ukraine, and Eastern Europe is a part of the world where Bible League has a very strong presence. In nearby Albania, Pastor Ephraim is preaching away one Sunday. There's a ruckus at the door. Who is it? Twenty militant Muslims. They storm the pulpit, drag this man down the aisle. His family, many in the church who are new converts, are just horrified. They take this man to the front lawn where they beat him nearly to death. You know what his crime is? Very simply, that he has been patiently and winsomely sharing Christ with Muslims and atheists and they are coming to place their faith in Jesus Christ. But the leaders in those uh, movements are not happy. You know, when I ask him, how can we pray for you, brother? He did not say, pray for an end to our suffering. He says, pray that we'll see those around us as the mission field and more will come to Christ. $5 sends a Bible, $100 sends 20 to Eastern Europe today. Call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give it sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills And it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. You can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green filling in for Walker Wildman. To learn more, my website is patriotacademy.com, patriotacademy.com. If you'd like to take a Constitution class or Biblical Citizenship in Modern America class or even host one, we give all of that away uh, for free, and we train our coaches for free as well. We've got 12,000 of them across the country. So just imagine in your living room or at your church being able to learn from Kirk Cameron and Pastor Rob McCoy and Pastor Jack Hibbs and and David Barton and Tim Barton and Rabbi Daniel Lappin and Congressman Barry Loudermilk. And I actually teach the Constitution part in Independence Hall where it was all done. All of that good stuff for free. And you actually do it in your living room and bring friends and family over or at your church or wherever it might be. Have great fellowship. Check that out today at PatriotAcademy.com and become one of our Constitution coaches. Before I go back to the phones and the phone number, by the way, 888-589-8840, 589 8840. You can call in with your comments, questions, insults. We take it all. Uh, Before we go to the next call, I just wanted to rattle off a couple of the good news items that I was noticing in the headlines uh, today. There was a, a, I love this, a judge ousts five school board members 
in Pennsylvania after a parent petition, there's a, there's a law there where if you're ignoring, um, I forget exactly what how the statute worked, uh, but this was a, one of these radical school boards that were still requiring masks on kids, which has been child abuse from day one, and they continued to do it even after uh, Pennsylvania lifted all those mandates and everything. And uh, the good news is the parents in that community have now managed to oust five of the nine school board members, and now they're working on replacing them with some good ones. So that's really good news. And then uh, Iowa has passed a bill requiring schools to post their curriculum materials online for parental review. This is something we're trying to push in every state. It's basically a transparency bill so that you know what's being taught at that local school. And I realize a lot of our listeners today, you homeschool or you private school, and then some of you do public schools. We all need to be supporting this kind of transparency. We all need to be pushing our local school boards to get this transparency so that we know what's happening in our local schools and what's being taught. This is how we uncover the radical cultural Marxist agenda that's been in our schools right there in your neighborhood. And you may be listening going, nah, Rick, you know, I live out in the country and we still have good country schools. Hey, there's not hardly any left in the country. I'm telling you, even in your small town country school, somebody there is pushing this agenda most likely. And so make sure if they, if you think they're not, at least verify that by requiring the transparency and then helping to put a group of parents together to hold them accountable. But that's, uh, that's happening in several other states as well. These transparency bills are doing really, really well. And then, of course, as we mentioned earlier, the Florida Parental Rights and Education Bill that prevents this uh, this grooming from taking place, at least for K through 12. Um, and hopefully that will be expanded to older groups as well. OK, let's go to the phones. 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. And next up is Mary in Texas. Mary, if you're calling from Texas, you got to tell me where in Texas. Uh, Commerce, Texas. Commerce. Oh, I remember playing commerce in baseball in high school. We were in the same district, played them many times. And uh, actually, uh, I'm going to I'm going to weep a little bit here, Mary. I'm, I'm going to weep. Is that OK? My last baseball game in high school was against commerce. OK, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to try not to. All right. Go ahead, Mary. What's your question today? I have a question, but can I make a comment? real? Of quick? course you can. Go for it. Every homosexual, lesbian, transgender person is here because they had a male, female, a man and a woman that they created and they were born. So there is only two genders. Well, certainly God makes that clear in the Bible, right? He made male and female. That's it. Not not a third option there, not a fourth one, not a fifth one. I think there's like 47 now in the in the alphabet soup that they use to to describe uh, all the different genders and whatnot. But you're 100 percent right, male and female, and even those today who you know struggle with with homosexuality or same sex attraction. Um, look, you came from male and female made you, uh, regardless of what they may be trying to do today. And boy, I saw some evil stuff in the last couple of days where they're using surrogates. Uh, it's 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 crazy what some of the some of the things that used to not be considered ethical are, are being done by uh, some of these uh, some of these communities. But anyway, I'm I'm going off on a tangent here, Mary. Go ahead. So now your question. Okay. And every week I read in the news where some judge threw out a state's districting map, and they call it gerrymandering. I yeah, don't yeah. understand what what is it, and how sure. come they have to change it every time. A Democrat party or the Republican comes in, it seems like it's always in the news that uh, 
the judge throws it out because it um, favors the party in power. So no, what, a, where did it start it, and how come we just don't have districts? That is a great question. I'm so glad you asked that. So it's actually it's actually a constitutional requirement that, that every 10 years we would have, uh, we call it the census today. I think we should use the constitutional word, which is the enumeration. It is only supposed to count how many citizens are in that state so that we know how many members of Congress that state should get. And then at the same time, the state legislatures use those numbers to make sure that we have an even number of people in each House district and each Senate district for the state legislature. Where gerrymandering comes in is when you draw those districts to make sure, let's say, for instance, I don't even know what the number is now in Texas. When I was in the House, it was about 150,000 people per House district. And so some areas grow faster than others. So let's say, Mary, that you represent District 5 and it's right next to my district and it's districts and I'm in district six and you have a hundred thousand new people move into your district during that 10 year period since the last enumeration. Well, now your district has 250,000 people and my district only has 150,000 people. And so there's just this principle of equal representation um, where it's not fair to you, for instance, that that are for, to the people in your district um, that for 250,000 of them, they only get one representative in the state legislature. And in my district, it only took 150,000 people to get a representative in the legislature. So every 10 years, we change the map, we change the districts to even that out. So you would go back to 150,000 or maybe the average becomes 175,000 after that point. But we would have to cut off some of your district to get you down to a number that's the same as me and everybody else in the state. And we would have to add some to my district. So that's why they redraw the lines every 10 years is just to try to keep a balance in terms of the number of people in each state legislative district and in each congressional district. So the the districts in your state that send people to Washington, D.C., gerrymandering it comes actually comes from uh, the name Elbridge Jerry who was a signer of the Declaration of Independence and it had to do with a legislative district in his case where they where they redrew the lines to try to get um, you know you can you can tell when you're drawing the lines you know that this community over here leans Democrat or this community over here leans Republican. And so what they do when they redraw the lines, they try to get if the Republicans are drawing the lines, they try to get as many Republican districts as they can by packing the Democrats into really high Democrat districts, maybe 80 percent Democrat districts, and then spreading out the Republicans where maybe it's 75 percent or or I'm sorry, more like 60 percent Republican districts so that out of all the state reps in the state or state senators, you have more Republicans than Democrats. And then Democrats do it when it's there if they have control and they're the ones drawing the lines. And that goes all the way back to the founding fathers. They did that with Elbridge Jerry's district. And it looked like a salamander. When you looked at the map, it was drawn so goofy with it. it literally looked like it had a tail and feet and all that. And so somebody, I don't even know who came up with it, said that's gerrymandering. Elbridge Jerry's district looks like a salamander. And we called it gerrymandering. So that's where the term comes from. And that's the system. Now, I don't have a good solution for you for how to prevent that from happening. Some people say, well, it should be nonpartisan or nonpolitical, so let's have a committee do it. It doesn't work because the committee becomes politicized and partisan. I mean, politics is just part of life. There's always going to be a struggle and, and, and you know, two sides and two philosophies and everybody duking it out over whose side's going to win. 
And so I just think it's part of the process that we have to deal with. You, we should make it as fair and equitable as possible, which means don't manipulate the data and the district so much so that you get to a point where, let's say, and I keep going back to my state of Texas, and actually you're in Texas too, let's say in Texas that overall Texas votes 60% Republican, but yet 80% of the legislature is Republican. Well, that would mean that there's been too much gerrymandering. The overall state Republican vote should be somewhat close to what the legislative breakdown is as well. And same if because when the Democrats were in charge, when I was in the legislature, the Democrats were in charge and they were the ones doing the gerrymandering. And while they while the state was really 50 50, they had 60 percent of the legislature. So it's it's that kind of thing that that you want to try to find a balance. But there's always going to be some level of that happening. That was a really long answer. I'm so sorry. But uh, I just I hadn't talked about that in a long time. So that was kind of fun to cover. OK, let's go to our next call. Dennis. Uh, let's see. Dennis is also in Texas. Dennis, how you doing, man? Where are you calling from in Texas? Uh, I'm in Lake Dallas, north of Dallas. Oh, yeah. All right. Go for it, man. Question anyway, or comment? Uh, both. Uh, first of all, is uh, Governor DeSantis a what are, is it? Is he believe in the Bible and Christian beliefs? Yes. Yeah. He yeah. Did. He. I mean, from what yeah. He he's a. But that's I, right. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Just comment. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I think he's the best governor in this country, and I think he he's going to be our next next president. He may be. Um, I absolutely agree. He's the best governor in the country by far. Like there's nobody even close to to what he's been doing. He's been knocking it out of the park for two years now. He got it wrong on COVID initially. And when he apologized and said that I shouldn't have done the lockdowns and I won't do them again. And he did that very quickly. That was a couple of months in. Um, he won my respect because most politicians won't admit it when they get it wrong. And then for the last two years, man, it's just been home run after home run after home run. He's been willing to stand up to anybody and everyone. I mean, that's what you want. He's got enough backbone to make a freight train take a dirt road. We need him. Um, now, I don't know if he needs to be president or continue to be governor and and lead the states, but I know God's using him in a mighty way, and uh, I think it's because he does have that biblical foundation. Um, his wife's amazing, too. They're both just strong leaders. And, uh, and I'm just excited about what God's going to continue to do through him. So that's a great question and a great comment. Let's see. I think we're still in Texas, John in Texas, John, go ahead, brother. Hey, John, I, I think I hear you. Yeah. Am I on? Yeah, go ahead. Hello. Okay. I want to make a comment about the taxes. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the flat tax, and uh, the sales tax are good ideas, but they're not going to hit the uh, dividends and capital gains getting reinvested. I'd like to see them drop the capital, uh, the uh, contribution limit down to 15% instead of 60 because all these rich people are giving half their money to the foundations and not paying tax on it. Yeah, I, th I mean, they would they would hit it whenever you spend it. So if you make money, uh, whether it's dividends or you reinvest and then make the money later, then once you spend it, that's when you should pay the tax. And, and, and that would, that's where the sales tax would hit it. And then the flat tax, you know, I'm assuming would still hit it if you had to show what you made that year on your, on your investments. But I totally agree with your second part, which is, you know, these complicated limits on how much you put into retirement and move over here and do that. And you got to hire somebody uh, to handle that stuff for you, all of that stuff, just get rid of it, be gone. It, it just simple, simple, simple is how it should be. 
um, because it's always going to be the wealthiest that are able to manipulate the rules, get around the rules, hire somebody to understand the rules. And most of us are going to be sitting there trying to figure out with TurboTax, you know, what in the world we owe and what we should have done different. To your, you know, that's how it is for most of us. And um, so I agree, though, man, it's uh, it's it, 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 it shouldn't it's sh- what what shouldn't happen is it shouldn't be different rules for different people. It ought, it ought to be equal and just, you know, we used to talk about these basic principles like blind justice and equal justice and uh, equal justice under the law and the, and the rule of law applying to everybody the same, but our tax code doesn't do that. It makes it so complicated. It's not just a two tiered system. It's like a 10 tiered system. And it shouldn't be that way. Everybody should be treated the same. It rains on the just and the unjust. I mean, all of those biblical principles should be reflected in our laws and especially in our tax laws and, and how we uh, relate and connect to government. And I just I, I am I I can't tell you how much I dislike the tax code. Part of it's just personal frustration. I mean, anybody out there that has ever started a small business or had to deal with any kind of a filing where you had to go through all those complications, you know what it's like. It's it, what's right now, right? In the next two weeks, everybody's going to go through this trying to get their taxes filed. And, and if you're like me, sometimes that means staying up all night the night before they're due. Don't wait that long. I'm going to try not to do that this year. Uh, but it's because of the complications. And I would much rather be able to just say, okay, here's all the money I made this year. And here's my flat rate. Uh, or pay sales tax um, when I buy things and not get taxed on my money uh, as I'm making it. So yeah, those are big changes. Uh, there was a time when we were really close to moving that direction. It's kind of died off, but, uh, but maybe this may, you know, God uses uh, things, uh, bad things to turn them into good things. And maybe all this talk about a, uh, what I think is an immoral, bad um, wealth tax will cause us to once again, have this conversation and maybe, maybe look for a big change to move towards either a sales tax or a flat income tax. For those of you uh, old like me, you might remember when uh, Steve Forbes ran for president and he really made the flat tax the main part of his campaign and made it popular. A lot of people really got behind it. Who knows? That could come back. We'll probably see some things like that in the 2024 election. Uh, But folks, despite all the bad news, despite all the challenges we're facing, I want you to be encouraged. God's word has not changed. The principles of liberty have not changed. The laws of nature, nature's God have not changed. God's principles work every time they're tried. So get into God's word, read it every day, and then go apply it in your community. Let's be salt and light. Let's truly be the salt that brings out the best flavor in the culture. And let's be the light that dispels the darkness. Have a fantastic week weekend. God bless you. Thanks for listening today. You've been listening to AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green filling in for Walker Wildman. Check us out at patriotacademy.com. Have a great weekend. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.